0: up my friend and welcome to the dango show i'm your host dango coach to high performing entrepreneurs and professionals and what we do at the dango show is tease out the best practices of the highest performing entrepreneurs in the world while sharing cutting-edge evidence-based information to help you become healthier and wealthier so if that's what you're into you're in the right place click that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts so every time one of my episodes goes live you'll be the first to know What is up, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm very excited about this one. And the reason why is because I've been listening to this man's music inside of almost every single piece of time that I can think of. I've been listening to him while I've been driving, listening to it while I've been working out. And I feel like Akira the Don, the guy who I have just interviewed, who I've just talked to, he is changing the music industry, and for very good reason. And a lot of times when you listen to music, I'm a big fan of rap. Uh, I just don't like the lyrics. They talk about things that don't really matter to me, things that don't motivate me. They talk about women, you know, chasing women, drugs, alcohol, and all this other stuff that really doesn't matter to me. There is one person I love, this guy Zuby, but aside from that, what Meaning Wave is, is basically music done to incredible beats that give you the best speeches of our time, the best philosophical speeches of our time. So in this particular interview that we do with Akira, one of the things that we do, one of the things that we talk about is his creation process, We also talk about uh, the entire idea of just showing up every single day, how to create meaning in your life, the purpose of synchronicities. And you want to watch this one all the way to the end because at the end of the interview, I ask him a very specific question and he throws me one of the biggest curveballs that I have ever experienced. And he also, uh, he didn't realize it at that time he really challenged me. Uh, He challenged me through the conversation that we had. And you'll see that as we talk to each other. So really excited to share this with you. This is my interview. This is my podcast interview with the great and powerful Akira Ladon. Hope you enjoy it. So Akira, you know, before this, I was going to tell you that your music has changed my life. Whenever I work out, whenever I go about doing my daily stuff, like music is a part of it. I love listening to hip hop music, but I hate listening to the lyrics. <laughs> I hate it. Like I actually drown out the lyrics and just listen to the beats. You know how some people are like, they can listen to a hip hop song. And they're like, oh, that guy said that, that guy said this. I'm like, I don't even know what that guy said. I, I, I thought the know. beat was just like dope. And uh, you've changed the the course of, cha- of actually listening to music for me because now I can listen to Jocko, J.B.P., Terrence McKenna and I can I can listen to all these guys and get just wisdom on the back of a sick beat so Uh, what's better than that yeah nothing um I actually I wanna (laughs) I wanna just uh welcome you to the podcast really appreciate you um yeah man and I wanted to start this off with a lyric of yours all right so this is from way back then so it's can't breathe I go out stagger down the streets i scream and i shout i feel sick within and without fuck your love i hate you all now what you what you're looking at get no answer start more fights than the town gangster so full of anger so full of rage something like an animal trapped in a cage what the heck was going on in your life at the time of writing this
1: that's so interesting because that was um i was just thinking of that when you said that synchronicity because at a point in around sort of 2013 i was the rap's always been like my favorite music since i was maybe 10 9 or 10 i think the first full rap song i learned actually no i would have been 8 it was uh walk this way on the marky metal compilation cassette that i got from a car boot sale but when i was like 10 i got really into uh ice cube uh the death certificate album which was radical to me because it was it was this kind of sort of radical journalism. It was like Hunter S. Thompson or something. It was telling me about this part of the world that I knew nothing about, this experience that I knew nothing about, uh, that the news didn't talk about or what have you. It was it was a radical kind of musical journalism, that album. Um, there was so much about it I loved. and uh, So I always loved rap. I felt rap was the ultimate musical art form because it could incorporate anything into itself and it could talk about anything, can describe anything within the human situation, the human condition. Uh, the human story. Uh, Of course, what's happened is happens with lots of things uh, is things sort of calcify in a certain direction due to various factors, which we could go on about all day. Uh, And you end up having a very small aspect of the experience uh, contained within most of what people hear. So around 2013, I started looking out and I started listening to uh, a lot of (laughs) K-pop because I didn't understand what they were talking about, but I loved the production. And that, was my cover version of a K-pop song called Crooked by Mm -hmm. G-Dragon, which I translated into uh, English. Well, I found some English translations of it and then translated it into sort of rhythmic and rhyming English. So it's very, very, that is very, very close to the original translation. Um, So that's what that was. And the music video for it, uh, I filmed in the same place that G-Dragon from Big Bang, who are a massive K-pop band, He shot his music video like on my street. That was the weird thing is one of these synchronicities. Uh, I really got into that music and that band and then they shot, they're from Korea, and they shot a music video on my street. So I was able to recreate the video shot for shot very easily at no cost whatsoever uh, for that cover version. Uh, So that's what that was. And then it's interesting you were talking about that because what the biggest, musical genre to have emerged over the past 10 years, I would argue is lo-fi hip hop. And what does lo-fi hip hop have? No lyrics. It has the music that people love, but it has no words because mm-hmm. there is this this issue that a lot of people are getting a bit bored of hearing the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. Aside from the sort of negative aspects of grown ass men listening to the uh, experience of teenagers and, college students, which is what like 95% of music is at this point that you will hear in public, right? And it's valid. That is a valid aspect of the human experience, but it's just very strange that that's like 98% of what you hear everywhere. And it's what grown ass men are listening to uh, while they're doing important things. And thus brainwashing themselves with the most hedonistic and kind of like base level experience of the teenagers slash college student. It's very strange.
0: What do you think about the subconscious aspect of music mm. and the fact that you are brainwashing yourself by listening to a certain type of music over and over and over? So mm. if you're listening to uh someone that's just talking about Patek Philippe's and Lamborghinis and all this kind of stuff, then that actually attunes your mind to wanting the material things. So, mm. so and that could be motivational the, for people. It could be. And, uh, it could
1: be. It can't it can, for some people that can't. His, well, you, you said it. You are music is the most powerful delivery mechanism known to man, but it's really not discussed enough or studied enough publicly. I don't know what mm-hmm. they're up to in uh, behind the scenes. Uh, people know. I don't know do you ever, did you read uh, *Persuasion* by Robert Cialdini?
0: Uh, no, I, I read the other one, *The Influence*, but not *Persuasion* yet. Yeah,
1: that *Persuasion* was the follow-up, which he spent like 15 years researching, and that that came out a couple years ago. Um, and that was about, as it suggests in the title, pre-suasion, the persuasion that goes on before persuading, that laying the table for the persuasion to work. One mm-hmm. thing he discovered in his, re- in his research was that, uh, wine stores, uh, that played French music sold like 85% more French wine without ever mentioning it or saying you should buy French wine or it's good or whatever. Just playing French music made people want to buy French wine. And then when you asked them why they bought the French wine, they would say, "Oh, it's because it's good wine." They wouldn't say, "Because I heard the music," you know. Uh, When I was the last thing, I quit school when I was like sixteen. The last exams I did, I recorded all my notes over ambient music and played them to go to sleep. And uh, everything I did that with, I did very well. There was one lesson I forgot to do that with, and I didn't do well. So I was very aware early on of the power of music as a delivery mechanism. I know that everyone's always known that before the printing press, I don't know if you have, I think about this a lot you know everything every everything we develop technologically has this shadow side and it has the opposite. Uh, the printing press we usually think of as a positive, but the printing press robbed us of something uh, which you alluded to earlier, which is the way we used to communicate uh, stories and information to each other. We all used to you know you, people would walk around with whole books in their heads. And you would gather together around a fire and you would tell a story, the Epic of Gilgamesh or whatever it is, and grandmother would tell one verse, and you know, your cousin would tell another verse, and everyone would add their little unique flavor to it. And the way you would remember it and be able to contain so much information in your head is that the melody and the rhythm within the the passages would be an aspect of it. So it's like the only people these days who have that many words in their head that they can rattle off any given point are rappers. So it goes about to rap again. You know, a a competent, skilled uh, battle rapper, for example, could sit there or a freestyle they can sit there and they can rap at you all day long and they can bring out things that they wrote 15, 20 years ago, giant long passages, right? Uh, So this is how we used to tell stories and communicate. We were involved like very deeply and practically and viscerally in the telling of the stories and the delivery of the stories and music and rhythm, the rhythm and music within that was the mechanism with which it was delivered and with which we carried it.
0: So this reminds me of uh, something I watched on Netflix, which is this uh, show called Ancient Apocalypse, and my uh, guy Graham, yeah, Graham Hancock. Um, so he mentioned a an idea, which is the sense that we have these myths. So we have mm-hmm. the myths of uh, Christianity, we have the myths of Noah's Ark, we have the myths. All the all these myths actually were stories that came from personal experiences, mm-hmm. and then they turned into myths because. Over time, people just forgot them and then it just turned into stories over the course of time. So would you say that what you're doing right now with Meaning Wave, or you can correct me if I'm wrong, is delivering the stories in a way that is almost digestible to the culture that's happening right now?
1: Yeah, partly. Uh, I mean, that, it's very, you say over time but it happens very, very quickly. As you would know, anything in your own life uh, of any note or import that would be useful or relatable to anyone else very quickly becomes a story. It becomes a story almost in the first telling. And the way that it works, so you're telling your story and the the hook and the bits that get people interested and what have you, you can kind of like lean into that. And that a rhythm and a poetry is generated almost immediately as you're telling that story. And when you repeat that story, it becomes a little more defined and the shape of it becomes a little more pronounced and the melody and rhythm inherent within it become more actualized. And anyone else who repeats that story will, will. those are the aspects they'll pick up on and remember. And then they'll enhance mm-hmm. those aspects of the rhythm and melody inherent in it, in speaking. You don't think about it, but your your speech just now is very melodic and very rhythmic. Everything we do always is. Uh, so what I'm doing is, partly what I'm doing is finding that which already exists and kind of eking it out, which is all any of us do anyway. That's all Michelangelo did with with David. David was there in the rock waiting to be uh, revealed, you know? It's pretty much what, what we're all doing in this lifetime is revealing that which is. And uh, that's what art does, it reveals that which is. And uh, that which, say, general language c- cannot describe, art will describe something that already exists that we already know, right? So that's part of what I'm doing, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of when I when I write for Twitter. I I feel there's a poetry in words even though they don't rhyme. And you're writing a this, let's just say, like this one-sentence banger. But the reason why it's a one-sentence banger is because the cadence of it is just boom, 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 boom. So it actually sounds like poetry, even though it doesn't rhyme at all. Never needs to rhyme.
1: Um, yeah. What was that Johnny Cash song? Not Johnny Cash. Um, he was in The Traveling Will most beautiful voice of all time. Why is his name escaping me? um he's in that group with tom petty oh anyway you know some of the greatest songs of all time never rhymes or never repeated meaning wave rarely rhymes when it does it's very special but it doesn't need to uh people who are very good at twitter that's what they realize uh someone like yourself or naval uh realize that what you're doing that it's poetry that it's a beautiful beautiful form of poetry i do believe it might have been kurt vonnegut who pointed out that an intellectual is someone who takes what is it makes it seem complicated, and a genius might be someone who takes something complicated and makes it seem simple. Yeah. You know, and the people who are best at Twitter are the people who can take something true, complex, necessary, useful, and turn it into something so beautiful and simple that it can be remembered, or like a poet, that you can see it in your mind, the shape of it, and uh, and you can take it with you. It's very difficult to take these things with you. You can listen to to a podcast and oh that's amazing. I love that. But unless you find a way to very quickly integrate it into your life, it will evaporate mm. like a plastic bag in a in a fire pit. You know, you have to find a way to integrate it, which is what I'm doing. I'm finding a way to integrate it with music. And you can yeah. keep listening to the song until it makes sense and you understand it. But that it's a cool song, that it's a dope that it that, that you like the melody, the, the song is dope you don't necessarily have to immediately understand or integrate the message you can keep listening to it until you're ready until your life has had enough it, other other experience that it can make sense to you and you can then imbue
0: it into your person so when you're going into the process of making a meaning wave song which you do about like 3 per week um <laughs> from what i hear from from what i actually on see week. on spotify
1: it depends on the week sometimes it's 20 sometimes yeah. it's yeah
0: so do you do you allow the the creative process to come from the ether or are you do you have a process in the system to how you take this particular type of speech and then put the beat right behind it
1: uh there's lots of different ways of doing it (laughs) sometimes it's a case of uh you're listening to the words and you very and you instantly hear like the melody that surrounds it and the rhythm and all of that and it's a case of of making that real, so revealing the David that's in the rock. Uh, Sometimes I'll have some music, and I'll very serendipitously happen upon uh, a piece of speech that perfectly fits it. Um, If I'm doing something like turning the Enchiridion or Meditations by Marcus Aurelius into a song, I will literally read it, and immediately the inherent melody and rhythm of the word will become apparent, and I'll very quickly nail that down in a voice memo or something. Because that very, very first flash is the truth, hmm. and anything that comes afterwards is, is a shadow of that truth, and you're chasing that truth. So it's very important, I find, to nail down that truth as quickly as possible. And what I've discovered is in doing this for now five years at uh, this just ridiculous level, uh, which was a deliberate choice because I've wanted to. Uh, I wanted to, you hear about people being in the zone, and oh, I made that great record when I was in the zone, I, I never quite could get back to that place. I was like, all right, let me get to that place and never leave, you know? And then the deeper and deeper one goes into that place, uh, the more you're able to do that, the more you're able to to take that which is in potential and make it real very quickly before that magic is lost. Uh, I think of it like uh, idea space or the realm of the muses or inspiration or whatever people call it is a place and you can go to and the magic stuff is there. And if you keep going there, it's not like you wait for a muse to come to you. What kind of a muse is gonna go wait? Like, you know what I mean? Ah oh, yeah, that lazy motherfucker is lying down there waiting for me. I'm gonna go at him and give him the good shit. Like, that's not how it's gonna work. Yeah. Right? You'd see if you're if you're in the kingdom of the muses and you're like Queen Muse and you see some motherfucker keeps coming in every day turning up every day, bang, bang, just like getting whatever they can. You can even go, okay, I'm going to crack open the good shit for this motherfucker. You're going to like, you know, you're going to open up the chest of glory one of these days because that person keeps showing up and they have earned it. So I think of it something like that.
0: Yeah, you're not going to, if you're going to find the mate of your life, you're not going to do it by sitting down and and hoping that she's going to like come over to you and be like, hey, hey, I've been noticing you the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) And this reminds me of um, (laughs) something that I've realized is when I see an artist stop creating, especially if they have like one run of just bangers, that to me is a warning sign. It's a big warning sign because then they just have to go back and then try to find that ether again, right? And they Um, often can't. They usually can't. You can't find that magic. You can only find the magic by actually showing up every day and just like banging on the door every single freaking day. It reminded me like when I was uh, doing like, you know, use Twitter as an example, put out one tweet, banged, I was like, holy crap, this could work. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> once the followers started going and whatever it is, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep on showing up every day and just keep on creating, even even mm-hmm. through the mundanity of it, right? And I think that's like the true mark of, a, of an artist where they just show up every day, they hit the target, and then... Sometimes lightning strikes and sometimes it's just like coming out and just like just showing up in the entire time. And that's where creativity comes from.
1: Yeah, you create it. You create creativity. Yes. Creativity isn't something that's bestowed upon you because you're some genius that deserve, deserves it. Mm-hmm. There may be the occasional flash of that, but it's a thing that you can take. You can go out there and get it. Uh, you yeah. just have to do it. And, you know, so- the more shots of bat, the more likely. But it's really a big thing to do with like, uh Is that zone inhabitation thing and then chaining power moves like one of those old arcade games where you get in there, boom, boom, boom. And then you keep flowing like that and it gets more and more intense and more and more epic. There is a way to live your whole life. So that's your whole life. So your whole life is like this epic sort of chain of, you know, in um, those Sonic racing games where he picks up the golden power up and he goes, (laughs) Dragon Ball Z. And he just goes mad fast and like where he's always going in the right direction and he can't fall off the side of the thing and all that. It becomes like that. You use synchronicities as signposts. You don't overthink or even double think or even really think you, you use everything that you have, all your powers, you use your intuition, you all use all these things and you keep fucking moving with the definiteness of purpose and, uh, you know, an, uh, uncompromised truth of being in alignment with what you really are. Mm. And uh, and that's what life is, that's what you do. And that's possible for everybody. It's not, I'm not saying it's um, necessarily the easiest thing in the world to begin, but once you begin, it's yeah. easier than not doing it. Because the repercussions of not doing it are so obvious, so obviously awful.
0: You used uh, one, of my favorite, one of my favorite terms of yours, which is synchronicities as signposts. And then you have meaning as motivation. So hmm. when you look at synchronicities, what types of synchronicities are you keeping an eye out for? Because I'm pretty sure it doesn't just have to do with results. It has to do with things that happen, like maybe me saying the lyrics of a song that you came out with like eight years ago. And then you were thinking about that song. Yeah, exactly, you were thinking definitely. about that song beforehand. So what what kind of synchronicities are you looking out for when you're in the process of doing this?
1: It's... The more you see, the more there are, and then everything becomes synchronicity to a degree. It becomes ridiculous. (laughs) But like, for example, I'll start working on a project, uh, say, who was it? I don't know. I'll start working on something. I'll hear something. I'll sample it. And then I'll open my Instagram to post my scheduled thing. And the top of the Instagram will be a picture of that person. And I'm not even following them or something like that. Or I'll think of somebody and then they'll phone me. Or uh, I'll be working on some artwork and then I'll see it. Graffitied on a wall outside, or whatever it is, it's like those sorts of things, and they're everywhere if you choose to pay attention. And the more you, see, the more you notice them, the more you will see. But also, as I've said, um, the closer one is to one's path, the more of them you will see. Malcolm X used to say when he heard when he noticed synchronicities, he was walking with Allah. Uh, Grant Morrison uh, would say that. The first step to becoming a chaos magician is to notice synchronicities and then you'll start harnessing that power and you'll start being in tune with that aspect of of reality which makes you able to create on that level um everyone's talked about and carl Jung talked about synchronicities a lot um as being sort of signs from messages from from god hmm. uh and like with anything, like say the foundational gratitude aspect, right? The more grateful you are, then the more you have, and all that sort of thing. It's that anything that you pay attention to will will propagate, whether it's positive or negative, or seemingly magical or seemingly pedestrian.
0: Mm. And and what does meaning as motivation sound like to you? And how did you learn that in the first place? Well,
1: that's something I've always had. I didn't necessarily have the words to describe it, so I was able to get through things that other people wouldn't have been able to get through. And people were always quite surprised at how I managed to be so resilient and get through so many things. Uh, You know, I'd seemed over the years, you'd bump into a family member or an old friend and they'd they'd be somewhat surprised that you weren't dead. You know, it's like, how do you keep going through all these things? And I always had, uh, I always had meaning. I always had this very specific thing uh, and reason for Being, and if you have meaning in your life, you don't need motivation. You don't need uh, energy drinks. <laughs> you don't need anything. If you have that, and you and you know what it is, and the deeper into it you go, and the, the you know the the more aware of you are of it, and uh, then the less motivation you need, and it's very very easy to just keep going, no matter what things throw at you, no matter what hardships, pain, struggles, financial problems, uh, obstacles, people punching you in the face every single day, whatever it is. Uh, You don't need motivation if you have meaning. Meaning is all you need. Uh, Meaning is more sustaining for a human being than water,
0: it Mm. seems. Let's just say someone's listening to this right now and they're trying to find meaning in their life. They feel like their life is devoid of meaning. What would you say to that person in order to help them find whatever it is whatever juice that they need in order to do the thing that they need to do
1: usually i mean it was pretty simple back in the day a uh, very simple way it depended for a for a human male meaning can be derived in you know the protection of one's family hmm. on a fundamental level is pretty simple you know so generally most people would have some family they would need to be uh protecting in some shape or form you're a brother, you're a father, you're a son, whatever it is, very quickly, as soon as you've, you know, as soon as you're almost sort of cognizant, you're aware of that and you're aware of that responsibility and that's what you're doing and that's your your meaning. So there wasn't much time for people to not even, to think about such things. Uh, This is one of those things we were talking about earlier that, that has a shadow side. The shadow side of living at the peak of recorded human civilization when there is more opportunity for people to, actualize their true being than ever before when less people than ever before are, um, proportionally are existing purely in a state of survival and fight or flight and uh, necessity. Anything you could define art as being anything that is outside the realm of immediate survival that is done by beings, right? So suddenly you have all this room for, uh, for that, for the expression of, of self. And so that creates a void that was previously occupied. And that creates that that longing. And if it's not filled with what it should be filled with, then you end up with anxiety and, and depression and all these issues that haunt modern man, hmm. you know? And uh, that's part of this sort of trick that is being pulled because the powers that be do everything they can to keep people sick and afraid and confused and, and uh, separate from that which is theirs by birthright you know, uh, bread and circuses and and disease and drugs and all these sorts of things. Um, So how one finds it in this contemporary situation, outside of the very simple, you know, find a, get a family, find something. uh, It's, you know, find some responsibility of some kind. If you're not immediately aware of, say, an artistic calling or, and that can be found. Naval, I remember Naval talking about that. Naval's like, I think he's obviously like, ask your mum. He's like, I didn't know. I thought I was supposed to be doing this. And I spoke to my mom and she was like, oh no, you were always really interested in this. You want to think about like a moment in your life when everything glittered. You know, think about a moment in your life when sort of everything else slowed down a bit and whatever was going on then will be a key to what it really is for you. Uh, so you could do that. Um, and if you're finding that difficult, you could just assume some fucking responsibility of some kind and, uh, and it will come along. But if you're you know if you're occupied, the devil will find work for idle hands to do said the bible you know what i mean uh carl young said the world will ask you who you are and if you don't know it will tell you and uh as i've said before program will be programmed which is mm. the point of meaning wave so you gotta you gotta decide you know you just gotta make a decision if you're like okay i need meaning you go like, okay i'm gonna find meaning and i'm mm-hmm. gonna go lift weights every day until i find meaning yeah. uh, i'm gonna go pick up something heavy every fucking day that occupies me there's a wonderful thing i like i didn't get exercise into my life until basically the last sort of 17 months. It was the missing piece that I found here in Mexico. It was the reason the second Jocko album only came out this year. I couldn't make a second Jocko album until I'd imbued the lessons of the first fully, you know? And um, there's a wonderful thing in, say, I do CrossFit, but that involves weightlifting and all these various things. When you're pick holding something fucking heavy, uh, everything slows down. And there is only that, all of the stress and concern and whatever in the world, it doesn't matter, it melts away. And at that moment, you're about as close to God as as a person gets. And the deeper into that you go and really be a part of that moment and really be there, don't be trying to get through it. It's the, you know, don't just get through it, do it. Be there in every aspect of it, it doesn't matter, particularly if it hurts. Hmm. That's where God is, that's where meaning is, that's where truth is. And just doing that uh, will introduce your life to that meaning you've been longing for. And then you'll be able to find it where else it may reside. Mm.
0: So I can take this in so many ways because exercise is obviously my jam. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) So what exactly have you learned about yourself over the past 17 months of really taking on the exercise, the nutrition, and the lifestyle that's conducive to being energetic, healthy,
1: uh, I'd had nutrition before, I've be, well, I've been sort of trial and error working out what works for me nutrition-wise my whole life. Um, I used to get really bad, like acid indigestion, and I would sort of bloat, and I had skin issues and all these things. And I would go to doctors, and they would try and get me to take pills, and mm. I've never trusted government drugs you know, I'm not, no, no, I don't like government drugs. So I did all these various diet elimination attempts. And I found at one point when I stopped eating like pasta and shit, suddenly I didn't have acid problems. So I was all like bread and pasta. If I don't eat those things, I do better. Eventually, I worked out in 2018, if I just ate steak, I was great. When I removed everything else, suddenly all the remaining issues went away suddenly, like, uh, Everything was gone. Uh, bloke, waterness, le- lethargy, skin concerns, like cracked tongue. Everything was gone and suddenly I felt great and had very consistent energy. So, and this coincided exactly with when I started the hyper productivity uh, meaning wave experiment in February of 2018. Weirdly mm-hmm. enough, I'm never quite sure which one has, did what. So since February 2018, I've just basically pretty much eaten steak and water and coffee. Oh, i um, steak like every single day? three meals a day kind of thing? I have one or two ribeyes a day, and I uh, have like, then over the relatively, this year I introduced uh, four raw eggs every morning. Yeah, I Um,
0: see you slunking your eggs with your your son.
1: That's really made a difference, that like boosted things an extra level. Then you go, because you have this like non-negotiable base level of protein from which you operate. The issues of the modern man of, oh, I didn't have time to get breakfast, or oh, what am I going to do here? It removes all these, I used to have all these, oh, what am I going to eat? What are we going to do? That's never an issue anymore. I don't have to worry about that. I know I'm going to bang four eggs in the morning. I'm going to eat a steak at some point in the day. And if I'm hungry, I'll have some water and I'll feel great. It's fucking great. Um, So there was that. But then dialing in, oh, it's such a, this is, I mean, God, for, for people who lack confidence that I was, you know, when I was a kid, I uh, I was in fights every day, and I got bullied a lot. But I would always fight back, so I don't really think of it as traditional bullying because I would just—it basically was just resulted in me being in fist fights every single day of my life um, and in opposition to people in that regard. Um, but like, I was never taught how to fight properly, and I always thought that exercise was what like assholes did because uh, I was like arty guy. And the sporty guys didn't like me. So I thought, oh, that's not what I do. I'm mm-hmm. arty guy. And what do arty guys do? I read music magazines and stuff. And oh, apparently, auntie guys like drink booze and take drugs and this, that, and the other. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to leave home as early as possible. And I'm going to go off and get into that world. You know, um, it's this psyop that's pulled on people that like jocks are dumb.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, you realize, oh, when you start actually hanging out in gyms, you realize that, you know, these are some of the smartest people on earth. And uh, they're very, you know, well-read and well-informed, and much more so than other people you might have encountered uh, <laughs> previously. You know, so you learn these things, and then so once you do start doing that stuff, there's this level of confidence that comes with being in good shape that you can't get anywhere else, and it's incredible. That uh, and there's obviously, I mean, you know all this the 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 connection between mind and body. Once your body starts becoming uh, you know, closer to what it should be, it makes, has this massive uh, effect on your mind. So if Mm -hmm. your mind has been doing well regardless, it always sort of upsets me to see sort of uh, out of shape intellectuals, uh, which is this weird dichotomy. It's like, well, you can't be (laughs) that fucking smart, can you? Um, But then you think, what is smartness? Smartness is the ability to apply intelligence to things outside of the domain of your immediate pursuit, right? So to your life. Applying wisdom and intelligence to your whole life, not just studying, uh, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. So yeah, the confidence, uh, the mind-body connection, and exacerbation, and just it's, it's. Oh god, you could we could talk about this all day because it's it's one of these things that words can barely describe. It's a transcendent thing. It puts you on a whole other level of being that is really, really beautiful. And it's this unending joy and discovery that keeps opening up and keeps just revealing more and more of itself, the deeper into it you go. Yeah.
0: It's uh, number one, when you're in the gym, you're doing CrossFit, you know what you're made out of. You know Mm. exactly what you're made out of. You know exactly what's going on in your mind because Are you gonna be the guy that's being like, oh, this is too heavy? Oh, I'm I'm hurting, you know? And then and you're like, Oh shit, I'm a little bitch. Oh no. And then and then you can actually change that voice in your mind. When you're doing another rep, you're like, I fucking got this. Okay, one more rep. I know I can do one more rep. And then the whole idea of like exercise itself and how it changes the brain. When a so called like intelligent person tells me that they don't work out, I'm like, Well, you're not as smart as you really think you are. <laughs> yeah, right
1: play, major repair. Right <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Everyone thinks like smarts is like book smarts, but no smarts is like, is holistic. It's how you take care of your body. It's being smart. It's what you, it's, yes. Yeah. It's being,
1: yeah. uh, what was it? It was the great Plato quote about the ideal citizen being the warrior, um, the mm. warrior, warrior poet, or the warrior poet or something. Does he call it someone who's basically has everything dialed in, uh, who has mind and body dialed in. That's the ideal citizen is someone who can, can, contains all of these things and that that person is the ultimate threat to the state uh, which explains yeah. a lot of how things are organized and structured and explained to people uh, because yeah. yeah imagine a nation of people as as in, as you know mentally and physically dialed in as they could possibly be imagine that's the fucking yeah. citizenry you could not fuck with that kind of citizenry. citizenry <laughs> it's impossible.
0: This this is the reason why a lot of like gym gym people were were just up in arms of what was happening over the over twenty 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 one. They're (laughs) just like they're just like this is stupid.
1: (laughs) Well, here's the thing, because when you're doing it, like there's a real appreciation when you're doing it that you don't have when you don't do it of Mm -hmm. what goes into it and the the sacrifice and the work and what's really going on for a person to look a certain way. It's not like, oh yeah, they're just lucky or whatever. Like no, yeah. These motherfuckers work hard. And it's like, how fucking dare you tell me what's healthy and what isn't? <laughs> you disgusting fucking cretinous <laughs> creature. How dare you? <laughs> like, it's hilarious that these fuckers think they can, can get away with this sort of thing. Yeah. And um, they only can because it's just disproportionate how many people are sick in our world today who are poisoned mm-hmm. by carbohydrates and sloth which used to be a sin, mm. I seem to recall. At some point, sloth was considered sin as yeah. opposed to a, a career. Now um, it's a weapon. A weapon in a career, yeah, yeah. But uh, it doesn't matter because that's the other the, the other thing you find is um, it really helps uh, cement certain stoic um, considerations and ideas. The whole, you know, deal with what is in the domain of your immediate control and don't give a shit about. What isn't, you yeah. know what I mean? And what's what? What is more in your immediate control than your own body? Yeah, mm. and if you can get that, I mean, it's, it seems ridiculous to even consider other things before, before getting that most fundamental thing—the thing that yeah. carries you around, the thing with which you navigate this experience. What, surely that should be working about as well as you could get it working before you even consider anything else. It's amazing.
0: Well, it gives you the ability to understand what's in your control. That is like the very first thing it does. And then your choices of what you can do with what is in your control. And that gives you ultimate power. And if people don't have power over their own bodies, that to me is weakness. And that's that's (laughs) my definition. (laughs) Yeah, it's you're, you're giving yourself up to everyone else who wants to do whatever they want with your body right exactly if you can't even control yourself like what, what are you gonna do you can't even control, well if you like, can't
1: control yourself someone else will that goes yeah. back to what we were saying earlier the world really will ask you who you world. are and if you do not know it will tell you if you can't control yourself someone or something else will best believe everything on this earth is being utilized um so whether it's you know your own uh force of will whether it's your own definiteness of purpose or someone else's, it's going to be happening regardless. You are a vessel, you are a vehicle. You but you you can drive it, or you can let the fucking AI drive it for you, and uh, then see what happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, goes. man, uh, ChatGPT is uh is definitely out there as well. So it's going to be. Hey, but guess what? Guess yeah. what? If you're worried
1: about ChatGPT uh, taking your job then you're a shit writer mm. and you don't have a unique voice. If you're an artist and you're worried about AI taking your job, then that means you're not a good and unique enough artist. If you're a good artist and a unique artist with your own distinct style, AI can't fucking do shit to you. Mm. It can only inspire you and be a tool for you to be greater. The same with the writing. if you're like, oh, AI, if AI can copy your tweets, then your tweets are shit. Mm. You know what I mean? Your Your tweets are pedestrian if AI can do what you do. You know what I mean? This is great. I think of this stuff as great. What this will do is force people to be better or fuck off. And you'll, you know, we're already at this point where lots of people write and talk and draw and stuff the same because they're scared of sticking out or they're not putting in the work that, you know, Adam Kubrick and uh, people like that did, you know, the, um, i oh sorry, that was, that was a comic thing. I don't even know if you comic mm, uh, no. The comics industry is real. like, there are certain people in the comic industry who are really upset about AI art right now, but all the people mm. who are upset about AI art are the people who are pedestrian and rubbish and um, more concerned with like ideological issues than art anyway, as is always mm. the case. Mm. You've mm. got nothing to fear from this stuff if you are a unique individual broadcasting the most uh, uncompromised version of yourself. Nothing can compete with you on being you, hmm. as Naval said. Uh, no one can compete with you at being you. So you have to go all in on being you, and that includes software.
0: Hmm. What is your process of reinvention? Uh, have you, first of all, have you found people that have been starting to model what you do for the past five years? Because obviously what you do is extremely unique. It's extremely powerful. And then you find yourself as an artist continually having to push the next level, continually Mm. having to uh, reinvent yourself little by little, bit by bit, putting out Mm. things that are a little bit different that are actually calling to what is inside of you. So how are you doing that for yourself when it comes to Meaning Wave right now?
1: Well, it's like uh, everything in life. Uh, And this goes back to the zone thing. Uh, Something I observed when I was DJing was I would see brilliant DJs play very pedestrian sets mm-hmm. over and over. Because I, I was I was DJing in Hollywood like five nights a week. I'd play with other DJs. Uh, I'd open for DJs, DJs would open for me. I'd see people playing the same playlists over and over and over. Like really gifted individuals with excellent taste, playing brilliant songs, but the same brilliant songs in the same sequence. And there would never be the sort of transcendent moments that I would, I was, would, would always have with my sets. Uh, which was my primary purpose was to create a transcendent experience for everyone attending. Every time, even if there was only like fucking 10 people there, I would work, I would do something to create a situation where there was that transcendence. You can do it. It's possible. Um, and this is the way you do that is you have to have a percentage of what you're doing in uh, have the potential to collapse in utter chaos mm. and disaster. So if you're playing a playlist of the same songs they could be the best songs ever made, perfectly harmonically compatible, um but you're just executing you're just executing something that can never achieve uh the transcendence that the potential for disaster and the awareness of the potential for disaster in you that is intuited by those around you. So you always have to have the you know one foot in complete competence to the point that you could like do it blindfold, but the yeah. other foot on over the edge of the cliff. <laughs> so you know you could at any point fall through, and all could all go wrong. I observed that in DJing, and I found that to be true. And I found that to be true in everything. That's also how you step, partly how you stay in the zone, is you have to have that going on. So what what I do practically with regards to music is every project I do, I introduce something new. So I introduce a new technology, a new plugin, a new process—something that I don't know how to do—that I have to learn on the job. So every time I make a new new project, I'm learning a new instrument, synth, production technique, something. So every single thing I do, uh, I learn something new, and that keeps me in that space of potential disaster because if you're learning something new, you don't know how to do it yet, and you could fuck it up, you know. And that's how you keep moving and, and evolving. Uh, and it's non-negotiable and unavoidable. And if you have that dialed in as a non-negotiable thing, you can only keep evolving. And if mm. you do that in everything in life, it's a bit like, um, you know, slightly increasing the weights all the time, you will get stronger. Yeah,
0: you know? it's like you're towing the line between like the 80% subconscious and the, the 20% conscious because you're, you have well, to consciously risk, right? You have to think that's about what you're doing. That's a big part of what it is, yeah.
1: Um, you've you know, the deeper into life you go, the more of your life is run by the subconscious. Hmm. This is why people think time is speeding up. If you drive the same routes to work every day, your brain starts fast forwarding through it. Everybody knows how to do that? Is you just, you know. So you have to keep um, sort of shaking up your habits. The deeper into life you go, the more of your life becomes habit, the more of it is, d- which is, you know, done by the subconscious, is one way of thinking about that. So you have to keep uh, shaking those things up. I do habit, I do like monthly habit audit, um, to make sure that my habits are still serving me. If I find one that is, there's always a new one will have crept in and it's always not, so usually not serving me. So then you swap that for something that is, you know, you reverse engineer your aims and then you build habits that will carry you to those aims. That's one way you can think about how to do life, right? Or how to get to what you want or what have you. But the deeper you get into life, the more of your life is directed by, uh, habits and the more of your life is directed by the subconscious. And if you're not directing that subconscious. If you're not programming the subconscious, which goes back to the beginning of the conversation and what music does, because music programs your subconscious, it's one of the things that specifically does that. It's the most powerful tool we know for pro- programming the subconscious. That is part of what I was doing when I very started Meaning Wave. I read Scott Adams, um, that Scott Adams book, How to Keep Failing and Still Win Big, and he was talking mm-hmm. about affirmations. And I thought like writing down affirmations on paper sounded a bit goofy, but I was like, hang on a second, wouldn't it be way more powerful to put them in music? Wouldn't it be way more powerful to turn my affirmations into little rhymes that just like span around in my head while I was sleeping, even? You know, what if I put these things that I wanted to know and learn and achieve? What if I put these things into my records rather than just the general, you know, usual pedestrian lyrics? Hang the fuck on. Hang the fuck on. What have I been doing here? I'm missing this massive opportunity to uh, create everything I wish to see existing in my life and the world. Mm. Oh, shit.
0: Um, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that was, that was fucking awesome. I, I heard this from an entrepreneur uh, just recently where they were like, how do you come up with these big ideas? And she was just she was just like, I just want to fix my own problems. And I mm. want to think about like the thing that I want out there in this world. I want to create it she was talking about like periods and stuff but in your case, in my case that's the reason why Meaning Wave just like bangs because I want to listen to Jocko and David Goggins telling me about taking souls, right? I want to listen to that. <laughs> when, when throughout the whole five years of doing Meaning Wave and we actually had this conversation on Instagram where he said that Uh, when you were doing the song about uh, Jordan B. Peterson and about alcohol, that was one of the key moments where you (laughs) decided this is, I'm done. I'm not going to drink alcohol anymore. Yeah. This is a two-part question, actually. So number one is, how has your life been after giving up alcohol? And has there been any other Meaning Wave song that has had that much of an impact on your life?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, two-part question. So every... As you were basically just saying, every record I make, it's because I need to know that thing. I need to imbue that thing. I think of it like Neo in the Matrix with his now I know Kung Fu, right? I know Kung Fu. So I need to know something, I make it into a record. And then in the process of making the record, I listen to it a thousand times and in the process of, and then it's with me and it's in me and it it haunts me forever and there's no escaping it. And in every record I make, there'll be one song in which there's a bit of resistance. Uh, and in the case of that JBP Wave Genesis record, it was that drinking song one. And at that point, I'm DJing in Hollywood like four or five nights a week. If you're DJing in Hollywood, you're a functional alcoholic of some kind. Everyone drinks, the bar staff drink, everyone drinks, the patrons drink. Miley Cyrus comes in, she wants to pour shots down your neck. The weekend comes in, he's like blowing a spliff in your face, whatever the fuck it is. That's the culture. um, You know. And I realized that there was a part of me that was resisting the message of that song. And the message of that song was that, the core message which I found to be be true is that alcohol is a substitute for adventure. Hmm. And I realized that all my life, the thing I'd loved about booze was, it was a shortcut to adventure. And I was always have some kind of fun and some kind of an adventure. And I loved that about it. I would, oh fuck, I've woken up in a skiff. What happened? Oh my goodness. Um, you know. But if you have an adventure, which is another way of thinking about meaning then you don't need alcohol and alcohol is only going to get in the way of your true adventure mm. which it was it was like i'm i'm here aiming at being hyper productive, and i'm really hungover every day like this is getting in the way and i realized but i was like oh but i like drinking and I'm, I'm a fun person when i'm drinking and i need to be on the level of the crowd i need to be like on the vibe they're at. da 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 and you, you know those things, those are little lies in your head. You can know, you, you, you tell from the tone of them, oh, but, oh, but, shut up. Uh, so I realized, oh, this is the one, the song I'm resisting, so this is what I need to do. I need to stop drinking, um, because for those reasons I spoke about it. So I did, and it was uh, it was all epic. I was like, oh shit, first time you're DJing and you're not drunk, it's a bit confusing, because you like you're really hyper aware of things. And then you're like, oh shit, I'm hyper aware of things again it's like bullet time in the matrix you can sense a person over there feeling one thing and a person over there feeling another thing and you can get the perfect records in sequence ahead of time and you can do you can move powerfully in slow motion you're like holy shit, i'm fucking maestro of this thing so it's you're like oh shit, i was being an absolute moron it was like i was swimming with a bag of rocks unnecessarily and now i've taken off the bag of rocks and now and i am free (laughs) suddenly this whole other aspect of life opens up and then when you're in social situations where previously you would rely on booze as a crutch, you're suddenly forced. Oh shit, that version of me that can be bought out by alcohol does exist. It's like anything. It's like, you know, uh psychedelics are a shortcut to something that can be achieved via other means. Of mm-hmm. music can get you to places of that psychedelia can. So yeah, so there's that with booze. Um and I say stopped, I don't say quit. I say, you know, stopped. Yeah. I took the decision that, you know, and maybe at some point in my life, uh I will drink again. Uh, I did have a glass of champagne at my gym's uh, fifth year anniversary uh, thing where everyone stood in a circle and said what they felt, what, what the gym had given them at 10 o'clock in the morning. you know. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that, that was that.
0: What was this second part of the question? So is there a Meaning Wave song that oh, has yeah, yeah, yeah. had? Yeah. Well, well all, the, all, all yeah. of them, but I do remember one that made
1: quite a difference was, and it was the same thing. It's like, this is what I'm resisting. Hmm. There's something here I'm resisting. was on the Naval record uh, where he was, I think it was the last song on the album. And it was... Um, um, or he was talking about, yeah, a a um a busy calendar and a busy mind will destroy your ability to do great things in this world. And at that point, I was streaming twice a day. Every day. And I had been doing so non-negotiably for over a year. When Tom Hanks disease kicked in and they shut down all the clubs, I just started DJing online every day. You know. But uh I found that yeah, I was DJing at seven in the morning and seven in the evening for like a combined six to eight hours a day. And um lots of people were sort of saying you know like and my wife was pointing out like how are you gonna get what the other things you want to get done done while doing this and i was like Mm. no this is the thing i said i'm going to do and it become this almost pride thing but i'm doing this but that record and i'm listening to that the masters of that album and i was running at the time for whatever reason up a hill and i was like oh yeah he's right he's right i'm gonna have to stop doing this thing because because he's right. And I, I mm. pushed that back and kind of was, was doing the whole, oh, not me though. That's Naval. I'm not, that's not me. That's, you know, that's no, okay, that's true. Mm. So uh, I stopped streaming twice a day and that freed me up to basically I kind of leveled up quite significantly in the music I made directly after that. Mm. It was like I'd been sort of going like this and then doing that
0: allowed me to zoom, expand hugely. Man, you're but every record me. I do. Damn. What's I'm that? Like, you're challenging that. me now. I'm like, what am I resisting at this very moment? You know, there are certain things in my life where I'm like, oh, no, no, it's not that. You know, I have to be there. I have to do that. And, and then, and then you go through that thing in your mind, and, and you're just like, oh, no, 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 no. That's actually, you the were talking you about this earlier. Yeah. This
1: is one of the great things you learn from, from going to the gym, yeah. is you get to recognize the little, the, what, Rogan mm. calls the inner bitch voice. You start to really recognize that voice. Because that's the yeah. voice that's always saying, Oh, you don't need to do all those reps. Like, you don't have to do the twelve, just do twelve. No one's gonna know. Just do you know what I mean? you don't have to do this. You don't have to push the weight up today. Just stay at 60. You don't have to da da da. I had this yet like literally yesterday. I'd got up to um uh two two five on my back squat. On it was on one last week. Mm. And then yesterday we were doing reps of five. So it was like Oh, well, that's five. So I couldn't do that. So I'll just like stick it like 70. And I was like, no, I'm going to go to 80. And then I, was, I heard the bitch voice go, that's enough. And I was like, okay, I have to go higher. So then I went up to 90 and did five on 90. Previously, the week before, I'd only done one on 90 on a, on each side, 225. Uh, you hear the bitch voice. You instantly go, oh, that's the bitch voice. So that's the one I have mm-hmm. to do the opposite of what that says. It's a bit like in the contemporary world, you know, if a politician st- starts talking about a fair and free election, you know, they stole it. You know, if we're a, a health minister starts talking about something being uh, bad for you, you know it's gonna be good.
0: <laughs> you know, it's just
1: like, the, there are certain things, the devil speaks in inversion. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when you start to recognize the voice of the devil, then it makes like navigating this existence pretty easy because you know what to do, because they're telling you. Like they can't help but tell the truth in inversion. And that little, that little devil in you, that wants you to be weak and pathetic, that's an aspect mm-hmm. that's just an extension of what those things represent. Uh, Once you recognize that voice, you know exactly what to do and it's brilliant. Yeah, fuck. Okay, cool. So when you hear that thing going, oh, you're fine. You're fine. You know, that's the thing you need to fix. That's the the Mm -hmm. thing you need to lean into.
0: (laughs) Fucking love that. All right. Now, we mentioned this earlier where (laughs) you have your wife, you have your son. So he's locking raw eggs with your Mm. son. I think that was like one of the best videos I ever watched because <laughs> he was just like, Oh, that wasn't that bad. You know, that was kind of cool. <laughs> so what exactly has uh family life uh, taught you and how are you uh, preparing your son for his life ahead? Because he seems like he's like turning into his teens close or close to that. He's, ni- he's nine. He's nine. Okay. 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 Yeah. So he's a little so bit away, that, but yeah, yeah. He's,
1: yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's an epic, he's an epic little being. He's an epic little being, What a life he has led. He's lived all over the world. He lived in, he lived in Wales and he lived in Los Angeles and he lived in Texas and now he lives in Mexico. And he still has all the friends he's made along the way and they all play together in, in Roblox and Minecraft and stuff hmm. uh, because he lives in the future, yeah. you know, and everything he imagines he can create and he just takes that for granted. He just assumes that that's the way the world operates, that that which he can imagine he can create, whether it's music or art or a game or a world, Uh, that him and his friends can all play together in these worlds that they can create. That's what he takes for granted. Um, so I'm very excited to see what him and his little homies do in the world, you know, because, uh, we've been working in this framework. You and I, for example, we remember a time before the internet Hmm. with that weird generation. Uh, I, the first music festival I went to, I turned up there. I lost my friends. Almost immediately, and I didn't see them again till Monday, you know, Thursday to Monday. You could get lost at some point. It was a different world. We remember the old world, and therefore, what we create with the tools of the new world, much of what we're doing is mapping the old world onto the new world. And we can't help but do that. I look at my uh, music making software, my DAW, uh, and most of it is practical things, like, you know, practical stuff like that put inside the computer right they're trying to recreate the music studio of the 70s inside the new machine it was only in the past like year or so that people have started creating things within that could only exist within the computer in the music making world that's only just started happening because you've now got people creating who never went to people programming uh and engineering who never stepped in a so-called real music studio right you have to have that happen so this is what is gonna happen with Hercules and his homies, they weren't a part of that world that we were a part of. So what they will create will be things that could only exist within this new world and with these new tools. And that's stuff we kind of imagine we don't have language for. Uh, that's what Alan Moore, comic book writer, used to talk about uh, what he called steam theory, which was the idea that by uh, if you, the amount of time between the invention of the, the stone axe and uh, the first human technology in the baths of Rome. And then the amount of time it takes to create the same stuff. You get to a point where by 1970, in between 1960 and 1970, human information doubles, more is created in that period than previous human history. So you map that and you see that by 2015, you get to a point where more will be created in a minute than in previous human history. Uh, And so you go from a fluid culture, which is trackable and visible, to a steam culture, and in steam time, someone could create an app or something in five minutes that changes the world forever tomorrow morning. You know, something you could drop on the app store in five minutes that fucking changes everything. We don't. We have no idea. And uh, that's what that's where we are. And that's what my son and his homies are going to be doing. Uh, and that's one of many reasons why uh, doomerism seems so silly to me. Because hmm. uh, as always, you know, people. People will focus on the shadow and they'll focus on the enslavement aspects of that which was created. But the, uh, you know, the the tools for your ultimate liberation are always to be found in that which was created to enslave you. And that's always mm. been the way.
0: It is the difference between being in the matrix and seeing the matrix, right? It's it's when people go all doomerism, they're really focused on the enslavement. They're focused on the evil. They're focused on the the people who are doing it to them. When the reality is, is like if you use if you use the matrix to your advantage, then what happens as a result of that is that you start to dodge bullets. You start to create yeah, you can fly. out of nothing. Yes, you can fly.
1: Bitch, you can fly. You could jump off a building. Like <laughs> that's I think I think I heard Elon talking about um why he likes the simulation as a kind of metaphor. And he's like, Yeah, because if it's simulation, that means I can crack it. Hmm. That means I can, you know, I can crack the code, I can bend it, I can tear it, I can tear a hole in, in in this, in the, in the, you know, in the structure of it. Yeah. Uh, I can smash the firmament.
0: <laughs> let's if stay, it's... let's stay in this video game mentality a little bit. What do you feel are kind of like the cheat codes to, to this matrix right now? <laughs>
1: I think you've probably tweeted them all.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or at least a lot of
1: them. I think you've probably arranged many of them in lists. You yes. know, in nice, easily digestible, aesthetically pleasing lists yes. that then turn into nice little slideshows on Instagram that my wife yeah. will send me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, cheat codes. Uh, what are cheat codes? What's, oh, what's, my
0: goodness. What's a is cheat code? Steak. steak water. And eggs. <laughs> meaning. <laughs>
1: Mistake! <laughs> take water meaning. Uh, it's really easy, right? That's what's funny about it is like, that's why I say meditations by Marcus Aurelius is is so relevant 2000 years later uh, because it contains fundamental common sense, basic things that we've always known that for some reason we keep forgetting. We just have to keep reminding ourselves with basic shit. Drink water, get enough sleep, uh, be grateful for what you have, You know what I mean? Uh, Love your homies. You know what I mean? Uh, Just real basic shit like uh, do not drink poison. You know, do not listen to liars. Trust your intuition. Pick up heavy things. Don't become a fat slob. Do not make yourself sick and miserable. Do not destroy your body. Do not listen to uh, programming that that turns you into a crescent. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Don't be a 45 year old man Uh, programming yourself to be a 15 year old girl. Yo, you know what I mean? Don't put your daughter on the stage, Mrs. Robinson. It's like (laughs) fucking crazy. Uh, Do not concern yourself with things outside the domain of your immediate control. Whoa, whoa, fucking everybody out here fucking freaking out about shit that's got nothing to do with them. You know what I mean? Like when they, and all the time you're spending freaking out about shit that is outside your control, you're not doing what's within your control. So you're fucking up the universe. What is wrong with you? Just basic shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just basic shit. It's amazing. It really is like, like the simple shit. You know. But like I said earlier, uh, you know, genius could be thought of as uh as of making that seemingly simple, that self-evident truth simple, making that something that people can understand. And you have to keep reintroducing it to people. There's uh Joseph Campbell talks about the purpose of mythology, right? And the one of the things we were talking about this earlier, right? And one of the things mythology and stories are doing is encoding the, uh, the knowledge of the society, hmm. right? So Pinocchio has got like most of what a kid actually needs to know to uh, navigate this experience in it, all encoded in that one little story, very, very dense, all this stuff, repercussions, uh, you know, what the is, this, that, and the other. That's why the new Disney version is so pernicious because it removes consequence. Um, It removed. Anyway, fuck fuck that. Mm -hmm. Never mind that. Because that won't last. No one's going to remember the the second the Disney Pinocchio. Like probably no one remembers it now. It came out like Mm -hmm. a month ago. You know, Uh, that propaganda does not last. Myth does. And what myth does is encode the knowledge of the society, and it also acts as a mirror that lets you know where you are and where you're supposed to be. Right. So if you're watching Star Wars and you're identifying with Luke and you're 45, something fucked up. Because you, <laughs> you, you, you're still identifying with the young going off. You already should be on your fuck. you should be yeah. starting to look at Obi-Wan. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, <laughs> so, but what happens is, is you know, like we have to keep coming up with new stories because uh, the old ones won't necessarily make sense to the new generation or the new mm-hmm. people. Uh, because that's why you know the simulation that's why the matrix is so just well, how old is it now like 20 years yeah it's still just this perfect metaphor for where we are because it perfectly describes where we are in terms that we understand with metaphors that we understand and make sense to us computers things within our lives that we we see right mm. it's the same story that's been told a billion times over but it's updated to make sense for this world. So if you want to be useful in this world, you want to be telling stories that make sense in the context of this world. You want to be operating using the language of this world. That's why staying in touch with culture is so important. That's why continuing to divorcing yourself from culture, mm. art or music or whatever it is, is actually dangerous because it will untether you from the society you wish to be to, to influence and be a part of, right? Mm-hmm. If you cannot speak the language, understand the language of the society, how can you usefully influence the society, you know?
0: Yeah, then you just look like an old man who's screaming at the wind.
1: You are the um, old man screaming at the wind,
0: exactly. Go- <laughs> Googling, uh, Googling, like, what is what is it? Yeah,
1: looking up slang on the internet, complaining <laughs> yeah. about it.
0: Yeah, all right, Akira, this has uh, been an incredible conversation. Really appreciate you. Really appreciate the music that you come out with. I have one final question for you. Mm. So, if you could write down one question on your bedside and have the answer tomorrow morning, what question would that be? Here's the thing I like the questions better yeah. than I like the answers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? mm. mm. Like the. Yeah. I can't, literally, I cannot think of one. Okay. I, rather, here's the thing. I think that's the wrong way, of, like the worst way of discovering hmm. because you need to find out by doing, right? If you, it's, what's the point in just having it handed to you? You probably forget it. You know what I mean? The the, the biggest, most, uh, most profound question, you just, just write it down and then you have it in the morning on a post-it note you didn't actually go out there and find out for yourself by doing it that's that's why we're here that's what we're doing that's what all of this is right that's what we are on this world doing is actively participating in the answering of the question we are the answer to the question and our lives are the answer to the question uh so if i was to wake up tomorrow with the answer to the question that would mean my life was over mm. and uh that would be okay because it was a wonderful life uh you know i got to Make songs and uh, climb castle walls and fall off them. You know what I mean. Uh, I got to talk to Dan founder on the internet. You know what I mean through the magic of of contemporary shit that my grandparents had. You know, my granddad was in a concentration camp. Hmm. He couldn't even. He didn't. Even, he didn't know that his grandson would be talking to Dan founder on a computer. You know what I mean. Uh, yeah about matters of philosophy rather than the immediate concern of the Russians sticking him in a fucking truck mm-hmm. and uh taking him away from his parents forever. It's fucking crazy. So here we are answering answering questions every day. And um you know. Uh Jack Kirby, one of the nicest things I remember hearing him saying is if uh if this was all over tomorrow I would say, well, the questions were terrific. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. He was was talking about he's a man with a lot of questions, and all his art is doing is asking these questions. It's asking the big questions: Are who are we? You know, who are our gods? Who are our evil gods? Who are what are we made of? What what is what is the form of our existence in what is what is the truth of our existence in the form of myth and legend? That's all. His his whole life, he was asking questions, and the art. He's he's the guy who created the the Marvel and most of the DC universe. He created Galactus and the Silver Surfer and all these things. Uh, he worked very, very hard every day of his life. He was in the, he was in, he fought in the second world war. He was as, as as of anyone I've ever witnessed, Prince was one, but Jack Kirby was a conduit to that thing we were talking about earlier, that space, God, idea space, whatever you want to call it. Because he worked fucking hard. He just showed up every day and he did it and he did it and he kept asking questions. Showed up, asked questions, showed up, asked questions and answered them for himself in the form of the work. And, um, and that's, that's you know a beautiful thing and a life well lived. The and, questions and that's have been terrific. One of the
0: most, that's one of the most beautiful ways to end off this conversation that we just had. The so, questions have been terrific. <laughs> so Akira, where can people find you? And where can people uh, engage with Meaning Wave?
1: Well, hopefully wherever they happen to be. That's the aim. It's no point sticking your lemonade stand at the top of Everest and expecting people to come find you, right? So wherever you might be, we try B. If you are if you're a Spotify person, we're on Spotify. If you're a YouTube person, we're on YouTube. If you're a Twittery person, we're on Twitter. Wherever, you know. If you like yeah. Discords, whatever it is, write meaning wave into a thing. It's one of those typing forms. Write meaning wave, write here the John. You might find
0: something that will change your life. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. If you listen to this and you work out. Listen to it while you work out. It's one of the best types of ways to That's just fill cheat your code. mind with something. That is the cheat code. That's Listen the cheating wave when you mean work
1: wave out. is the cheat code.
0: Yeah. Do they do they pump this at the CrossFit Gym by any yeah. chance? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, which is which is a beautiful thing. That was like one of the most gratifying things. <laughs> you know, like having your record on the radio or having your record in a movie yeah. or whatever. It way it was way more beautiful feeling to walk into the gym and they were playing every second counts um, yeah. the first time that happened. Or, um, yeah, cause that was really cool. Cause it's like, it wasn't cause I was there. It was cause that's just what they were doing, you know? It's, it's wonderful when you're there. Um, there's a couple of the instructors that like really, really like it, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And that's very gratifying cause uh, I really respect those people, you know?
0: Yeah. I feel like you're changing the music industry at this very moment with meaning wave and uh it's just the beginning of amazing things so my man thank you so much for jumping on the podcast and having this amazing conversation with me and thank uh, you for everything you're doing you bad motherfucker i appreciate it all right catch you guys on the next one Thank you again for listening to The Dango Show. We have some amazing episodes coming your way. So make sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. If you're already subscribed and today's episode hit home for you, please share this episode with someone that you know who'd benefit from listening. Take care and see you every week on your favorite podcasting app.